and welcome to the podcast, the HNC Video and Podcasting course, first one of the year. And we're very excited by the guests we've got on. Please let me introduce uh, Patrick Dunn and Katie Smith of 1.5 Degrees Live. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here. So let me introduce the students that we've got here. Now, I'm going to do it in directional order. This may not be the same for everyone else, so it may be a bit strange about why certain people are coming in at certain times. Um, but I've got up at the top, we've got Declan. Hi. Uh, then we've got Michael. Hello. I've got Abdul Kareem. Hi. And we've got Paolo. Hi, nice to meet you. And we've got Sky. Hi guys, I'm Sky. It's a pleasure to formally be introduced. And then we've got Rebecca. Hello. And we've got Maddie. Hi, lovely to have you here. And then we have Mia. Hi. So now those are all the students, and they're the ones who are very much going to be taking charge. They're the ones that have written the questions, prepared the questions. Um, so they're the ones that have organized all of this. So I shall let them carry on. Now, Mia, you have a question. As we know, COP26 is coming to Glasgow at the end of November. Could you explain to us what exactly COP is? So, COP. Okay, so COP is... It stands for Conference of the Parties. And the so it's a conference that happens every year with a big one every five years, and we're on a big one. Um, and the... It's the parties to an agreement from the early 90s. Um, and um, so what happened was, oh God, I hope I'm doing this right. Uh, so uh, an international agreement, uh, agreement was made, which set up the IPCC, which is the science body that reports on the state of the world's climate and agreed that all the, all the world's governments who were signed up to this agreement would meet every five years with these little in-between annual meetings to agree how to address climate change. So COP26, the conference of the parties, the parties of government. So it's an gov intergovernmental meeting, uh, but it has all sorts of other players involved. There's some controversial sponsors, I think always, um, uh, but there's not, there'll be lots of businesses involved. There'll be, um, you know, it's, um, uh, it will have a big fringe of like fringe events. It will have like sub events. It'll have people presenting this, that, and the other, as well as this meeting. And they're hoping it's going to be heads of state. Uh, and I think at the moment there's a question of, will the Chinese premier come himself or will send a representative and this kind of thing. But, um, Almost all the negotiating is like in progress or been done. Um, so what happens in those two weeks is going to be kind of the last bits. Can we like, can we bring this like together? What are the major sticking points? Can we overcome those sticking points with the pressure of like everyone looking at us waiting for an outcome? Um, there was an extremely disappointing one 10 years ago where the issue that like 
everything fell apart over the issue of global justice and it fell apart over this idea of like uh, wealthy countries putting some money back into the countries that had previously been colonies um, and supporting countries that had uh, had that experience of being colonized to to like uh, like develop themselves further and, and to like um, yeah so the, so there's a big issue about justice um, the um, which mm. which really spoil really spoil like essentially those Copenhagen climate talks were seen as a, a failure. And then the Paris talks five years ago, seen as a big success because there was an agreement. Uh, but the agreement was that everyone would voluntarily give their climate targets. So people, it's called um, NGCs, Nationally Determined Contributions. So then the UK says, right, right, okay, we will reduce our this, that, and the other, and we'll increase this. Um, and uh, so what the the current like plan from that 2015 thing sets us at 3.9 degrees warming, I think, by the end of the century. Um, so it's not on track um, for, um, so the idea is that countries make a plan uh, and every year or every five years, no, every five years, countries come back and make a more ambitious plan. So the other thing with COP is that, well, people will make promises, but that doesn't mean that people will follow through on their promises. So we yeah. are not meeting our promises from five years ago. Yeah. So Paris was where they said, we're gonna try and limit warming to 1.5. To two degrees. To two degrees. Or 1.5 degrees. Yeah. And then, uh, then the 1.5 degrees report came out where it talked, spoke about the difference of the impact globally of what would happen at 1.5 degrees, what would happen at two degrees. And it was like alarming, super alarming. And uh, we were obviously quite like, we read quite a lot about that. And we knew a little bit about that. And within a month of that report coming out or us doing the Fringe show, like uh, Australia had went to this uh, Pacific conference in the Marshall Islands and uh, where, where they were greeted at the conference center by children sitting in paddling pools to signify like the rising sea levels and all this kind of stuff. And the Australian government was attempting to have removed from their agreement with the Pacific countries any reference to 1.5 degrees as a target. Uh, so yeah, so, so, so 1.5 degrees was like the, the ideal target, two degrees, and none of it was legally binding. So nobody is on course, anywhere close to being on course to having uh, any meaningful reductions in their emissions that is gonna to lead to a global warming limited to 1.5 or two degrees. So COP this year, the big hope is like, can we get anybody to agree anything that is legally binding? So you'd say the main focus of this COP is to, um, to basically come up with things that are gonna be possible. Is that what you said? Like that are gonna be um, achievable? I think the I think the hope is to is to is to make the nationally determined contributions that people have set out and spoken a lot about in the previous five years. The hope is to make 
something that is going to be a legally binding framework that countries are going to be accountable for uh, and like the big polluters the, you know the European Union and North America and Russia and China and Australia or whatever there's going to be some sort of like international legal framework that is going to reduce emissions I think what we've had previously was everybody agreed to mark their own homework and uh, as you will know and set, as, and set their own homework and not let anybody else look at their homework <laughs> but everybody's like I've got great homework and uh, where we've realized now is that there wasn't any homework was done basically uh, yeah so yeah, so that is like a, the, the, what the activists are hoping for is a legally binding framework what Boris Johnson might be hoping for is like an opportunity to say how great Britain is doing and lots of there's lots of people who are hoping to sell sort of like carbon trading and future technologies and all that kind of stuff. There's a really good organization called the COP26 Coalition and they are like, they've got some really good information um, about COP and uh, some of the activist stuff that is going on around COP and like how COP is, um, is being uh, framed by the, 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 the politicians that are going and what is possible in COP. So certainly recommend having a look at them as well. They're an umbrella organisation for yeah. loads and loads and loads of campaigning organisations at COP. So they're, they're a very good place to start. I was uh, muted there, not for the first time. I've tried to speak when I've been muted, as every single student will attest to. Um, cool. Uh, Paolo, you've got a scenario. Some of that was covered in Paolo's question. Um, but what we'd like to do is just ask it again, just in case there's anything there that you want to add to that. So, Paolo, if you go ahead with your question. Oh, um, you're muted, Paolo. <laughs> Sorry about that. What do you hope will come out of COP26? And what do you think will actually come out of the conference? Oh, God. So, I think, we, so we answered part of that already, the, the hope. I think it's it's going to get really, really hyped as like humanity's last chance to do anything about the crisis. It, and and we, it, you know, it fits within like, you know, Hollywood style, like uh, um, way of thinking about it. It's not something that we should hope will make us a major change. It's being led by the establishment uh, and uh, it's not going to be radical. We can hope that it will be better, um, but it is not something, you know, when it gets to the end and it's not good enough, or possibly if it falls together altogether, that is not the end. Uh, because like meaningful change is going to come from like grassroots um, and any kind of systematic change or systemic change, I don't know which is the right word, um, is going to come from like grassroots um so it'll be interesting to watch and we should make our opinions known you know it's a good opportunity to hold government to account and it might set us up with the uh framework for some of these interesting things that you know young people taking governments to court um so it might set us up with legal precedent for that kind of stuff, but don't get horribly depressed if it all falls to pieces, um, because uh, 
Boris Johnson is not going to be the person that dismantles capitalism. I also think uh, it's going to be very high profile, I think, you know, hopefully it will be difficult for lots of stuff to happen in darkness. You know, hopefully lots of conversations and dealings and implications will be exposed because, you know, the eyes of like the world will really be on this conference. Um, So hopefully that will be uh, positive and will, you know, I think, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I hope that things will be exposed and, and not too many bad deals are done kind of behind the scenes. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be hugely hyped. And uh, yeah, what Katie said, so it, it won't be great. And, it, and let's hold on because it, hopefully it won't be the end. Michael, you've got a couple of questions now. You've both alluded to the fact that... Um it's in the best interests of the elite to maintain the status quo. So what I'd like to ask is, to what extent do you think that politicians really care? I think it's a big mix. And I think uh, it's very easy to feel sometimes that nobody cares. Um, And I think, you know, we have at the moment a very unrepresentative um, cabinet in Westminster. Um, so that feeling, you know, I think it's easy to believe that there's a lot of people running the country who think that they will be fine if everything goes badly. I don't know. Um, but, you know, it it does feel like, oh, it's in, the, it's in the interest of some people to continue because they're very wealthy and they may be quite old and, you know, maybe. Um, But I think one of the things that is very confusing about the whole situation is that it isn't really in anyone's interests to continue because, you know, if you eat and breathe and drink water, then, you know, it's not in your interest to to try and live at 50 degrees or, you know, whatever. Like, as a a living part of the planet, um, it's in no one's interest to maintain it. and I think lots of politicians do care. I think people are kind of, I think people are, you know, there's a certain entrapment in, in the system, you know, oh, right, okay, well, we need to put this motion and then, you, then, you know, that, and if we can change this, and there's that kind of procedural way of doing things uh, that can be incredibly frustrating. Um, had a very, um, uh, fierce altercation with the previous Labour leader at one point when he came out and said at a protest, oh, keep it up, you know, you guys, you need, you know, you need to keep protesting. And we were like, we've just watched you vote against the new climate legislation, like you need to do your thing. Um, but I think it's that balance that um, a lot of politicians are looking like over their shoulder or they're looking at, oh, well, will I lose votes for that or whatever, or our political system runs on this like, five-year system maximum um, so it's very difficult for our system to tackle a problem that is like huge and, and uh, uh, to, to take on um, things that that take a really long time so I think you know I like to think that um, there are a lot of people who really want to do the best in politics 
and people are trapped inside a system that's really slow and difficult and problematic and um you know partly that's what democracy is about but um it'd be really interesting to see more use of citizens assemblies ireland's done amazing things using citizens assemblies um and that way um a group of citizen you know you get selected in the same way you would get selected for a jury it's a random selection scotland's had one the uk's had one neither did neither government wanted to listen to you know no one wanted to make it legally binding what people what the citizens assembly advocated but both of those came out with pretty radical stuff and both of them started with a pretty unradical brief um if that makes sense so um so using that technique of, of citizens assemblies is something that has been really effective and i think in ireland it was used for the abortion bill and for gay marriage um, that both of those pieces of legislation were, were uh, developed and presented through a citizens assembly and it enabled it enabled that country where the politicians are terrified of like oh god what about the like religious right like you know, we'd never be able to pass that. We'd never be able to pass that. And actually, when someone else presented it, then, you know, who didn't need to get re-elected, um, that, that became a, a way of doing things. So I think, um, I like to hope that a lot of politicians really do care. Um, so, and, yeah, sorry. So um, I was just going to say, uh, considering you've said that and what you said earlier, um do you think it's a, a virtue signal exercise or in your do you like to think that they actually are interested? That was a footnote to the initial question. Well, it's a mix. It's, yeah, there's a, definite, <laughs> there's a definite virtue signaling happening. And uh, you know, there's certainly you know, part of a politician's brief is to kind of, you know, to have pictures taken with the right people or whatever and I, and, I, and I am certain that lots of them take pictures with the youth strikers and the, you know, protests or whatever because that will go on their Twitter feed and hopefully they'll never have to pass legislation that is going to make impactful change um, but I, yeah I, 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 I think you know when you look at kind of uh, you know the first past the post and the, the, some of the systems that we have to elect people in the UK uh, especially Westminster uh, you know, I think you know they could certainly be better to make better representative democracy in in this country. So I hope that we do see some kind of electoral change. I know there is pressure from some parties to try and improve some of that stuff. Um, yeah, and the, the whole like virtue signaling versus like real committed change that is really difficult. But hopefully, people will see that their political future depends on it. And there, there, there is no route to kind of political power, you know, uh, without change. Hopefully, that that will be a course that is becomes undeniable to them. Unfortunately, I don't think it, it entirely is uh, yet. Right, I've got another one. This is a nicer question. Um, what do you plan to do for COP twenty six? Good question. We, yeah, we're just starting kind of making some plans we decided not to try and do a reading our own thing and do yeah. a reading um so we're going to try and be part of the the sort of general cogs um we have offered our sofa beds 
for an activist coming from a country. I mean, the price of um, hotels in Glasgow is like through the roof at the moment. So uh, we've offered our sofa bed for someone who's going to come maybe from an indigenous community or from a poorer country who, who wouldn't otherwise be able to access the talks. Um, we are uh, looking at joining the, there's a mass cycle from Edinburgh to Glasgow um, on the on the, the 6th of November. There's a big day of action on the 6th of November. Yeah, so global we'll day of action on the 6th. Join in with some of the big stuff. Um, and um, I'm just looking at, um, there's a lot of like background support for um, activists as well. Um, and I think, you know, we can see at the moment, um, you know, there's a lot, there's legislation just gone through um, in Westminster about uh, dealing with protests and, and criminalizing protests. So um, there's a huge support system in place. Um, the Scottish Legal Activist Project, there's like stuff within XR. And in order to like support people through the process of potentially being arrested and so um, I've always been involved quite a lot in that kind of process of like, uh, you know, making sure anyone who does come into contact with the police, that someone's watching that, um, you know, police behavior is monitored, that that person, you know, we know that they've gone somewhere, that someone tracks where, which police station they end up in, someone picks them up and someone makes sure that they have, you know, the legal advice that they need. So that's a big behind the scenes kind of thing that's going on. We might do some cooking. Yeah, there's, I mean, in, so when uh, last year, year before, last time it was on, it was supposed to be in Chile and then there was like a massive political uprising. And so they moved it to Madrid with, and within like two weeks notice or something like that. And 500,000 people went to Madrid to like be on the streets and protest and all that kind of stuff. And obviously it's a lot warmer in Madrid. So there won't be that many people in Glasgow. And obviously with COVID, uh, there's, you know, lots of people won't be able to travel due to uh, vaccine, uh, like red list countries and all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, so there's going to be a lot less people than that, but there are going to be lots and lots and lots and lots of people coming to Glasgow uh, who will need, you know, food and there will be community kitchens set up and there will be church halls to house people and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, we hopefully will try and find somewhere to be useful in and around that stuff um whatever that might be uh there's loads to do so there's, there's loads of really like kind of uh i don't know low heroism like you know low glamour uh like roles to do in anything where there's loads of people join so um we've always been involved in the kind of like uh the well-being side of things and trying to like keep tensions down or like uh, deal with people who are aggressive or drunk or like in the wrong place or like vulnerable to the police or all sorts of things. So there's loads of stuff that goes on. The people in the kitchens always have, you know, the most love. Um, <laughs> uh, and yeah, so there's lots of, there's lots of stuff to do. So yeah, we're going to try and be a bit of a part of that. And, and we both also have to go to work those two yeah, weeks. Yeah. Uh, I work in a hospital and Paddy, work, Paddy works as a gardener. So uh, there, there's mm. also got to be a bit of, we've got to like, yeah, a bit of that. Go to work. <laughs> Do you imagine, I don't know if you know this, but today Scott Rail announced that uh, the workers are striking uh, to coincide with the COP26. Do you envisage that to have any 
impact at all. Yeah, I mean, I think there's. I mean, I don't. I don't know how they are preparing, but I imagine that there's going to be people coming on every rail line and every bus line into Glasgow every day.、Um, And I think we're yet to see like the impacts of COVID on these talks,、uh, and whether that will significantly change it. But I think, I mean, I think it's going to be enormously disruptive for Glasgow, and and you know, a really huge thing for for the transport. And so I hope they're putting on extra transport in general. But I also saw that news today that there'll be. No Sunday trains,、uh, so that's、uh, yeah. I was like mentally like arrest supports role on Sundays、um, to to try and manage that, but、um, I imagine it is it's going to be messy, and, and I I don't I don't fully understand the terms of the the、um, train strike, but it's been going on a very long time, and I really I really hope they、uh, settle something. It's、soon. to do with、uh, workers getting paid. It's to do with the wages, I think. Mm-hmm. That's what I've been told. It's been a, it's been a long time holding out. So right, and it's not very. It doesn't seem to be very well. Like it doesn't seem to be in the media very much. But it's been going on a long time. So I, I'm in solidarity with the workers trying to get better paying conditions in、yeah. on the rail lines, and you know, and with the the nurses and the NHS workers who are you know after a pay increase as well. And you know, we've got to support these.、Um, Striking efforts, and yeah, I mean, I it, think it, we'll notice it. That's those Sundays in COP. I think it will become noticeable. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, good for them. More power to them. Thank you.、And、Abdul Kareem, you have、uh, another question. Yes.、Um, how would you advise people listening at home to go about expressing their strong feelings about COP twenty six? Well, I think like. There's like going to be a massive march on the sixth, so it's Saturday the sixth, the middle Saturday of COP. So there'll be like mass、uh, stuff there to like go and be involved in. You know, bring a banner, bring a placard, or you know, there'll be opportunities. I think probably to volunteer if you want to be like a steward or like all sorts of stuff like that. And I think you know, be involved. You know, it's the first COP that that has been in you know a country that I've been in. And you know, it, I, I'll be very proud to be a part of it and be an extra like number in the in the protest in the march, and to to have my kind of hopefully have like our collective voice heard in in some way. So I hope people have an opportunity to like safely be involved and contribute to it.、Um, there's a very old school. Oh, it's all frozen. I wonder whether we've frozen for you guys.、Mm. Uh, There's a there, there's always the like old school、uh, technique of like write to your MPs, write to your MSPs, go and meet them, tell them what you think,、uh, because essentially they their job is to represent what you think.、Uh, so、um, yeah, like put it up on their agenda. I think you know sometimes、uh, there's there's a huge amount of lobbying that happens,、um, and so like do your own like personal. You know, we person lobbying and、uh, and tell them what you think. There's a website, write to them dot com dot org, write to them anyway, yeah, which、uh, you put your postcode and it give, it brings you up everyone who represents you. So that's that's another option. And、um, and then you know, art, music, like you know, amazing like post post campaigns, podcasts, obviously. 
Um, and yeah, whatever whatever your comfortable form of expression is, um, yeah, we need variety, I think, because we've got to keep it interesting. So we're going to be doing it for a while. Yeah. Excellent. And Rebecca, you've got a last couple of questions. Uh, yeah. Uh, as we're wrapping up now, I think I'd ask, what have 1.5 Degrees Live got planned for the future? Well, so the, the most recent report, the, the what's it called? ALC assessment assessment reporting, they, need, they really need to work on their like social media and their titling of things and their general communications. Because like, you go on their Twitter even and it's impenetrable. And you think, God, if you could just communicate some of this stuff a bit more effectively, it would be great. So the AR6 uh, is coming out in three parts. And we just had the first part, which is what we read uh, for a day in Parliament in August, and 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 the next two parts are going to come out next year. We think, we hope. February and April. We February think. April, and, and one of those is going to be about like the human impact. Uh, one, yeah, one's going to be about the impact, so it should be easy for us to understand. Like it's going to be uh, the one we've just had has been about physical science, so some of that was a bit more challenging if if you don't have that background, which mm. I, I don't. Um, the the impact is about like what is this going to do to us? So that's February, and then April or so, it's going to be what can we do about it? And um, so we tend to have like an ongoing debate uh, about whether or not we're going to do the next report as a big reading. Um, so we might do that. Um, we get to the point where like never again, we're not doing it again, <laughs> and then the next one comes out, and we're like, oh my god, we, we have to do something. Yeah. Um, but. Um, yeah we've we've got loads of resources um so uh what we loved with the 1.5 degrees report was that we just sent our posters and the kind of like uh we took we we changed the font so it's readable and took out all the like in-text references and stuff so and put in all the um acronyms put them in as words so we said we could send that to anyone that wanted to do their own and um, so it's really nice if other people do it as well. Yeah, so it's just yeah. on, like on a G drive. So people can just access it wherever and get all of the stuff that we use. So a group was able to do it in Australia. Two groups did it in Australia, one did it in New Zealand, all that kind of stuff. You know, we don't own any of it. We're not making any money out of it. And it was great to just kind of share all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then like the most immediate things we're doing is somebody's like made, I think, I think uh, someone's doing a pilgrimage or something like that from, oh God, maybe from Madrid to... Glasgow so we've been asked by like a, a, a vicar in Dunbar who's read for us previously and she's like great so uh, can we like prepare like two or three hours worth of stuff and provide some resources for them so that's coming up in a couple of weeks there's a take one action film festival in Glasgow and uh, someone is putting on a film so they've asked us to do like provide some materials and do a short thing for them so that's going to be happening in the next few weeks and then uh, yeah, just be involved in whatever capacity we can for COP and then probably wake up in March with some headlines and think, oh God, we better like do the next one. Do the reason. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think we did it originally because we thought, oh well, it's not like like ordinary folk just have to get their heads around this stuff because it's not being addressed uh in Parliament and that kind of stuff. And you know, we would really hope that you know we don't have to tack i mean they're massive the new ones are massive the yeah. 1.5 one was just a teeny weeny 50 hour thing uh whereas this is you know the next ones are like i mean i don't know 300 hours something huge and um, so if any of you want to read well you know we need we'll email you uh, 
But, uh, you know, we would hope that enough action is being taken that you don't have that desperate feeling of like ordinary folk need to understand this because we need to do it ourselves without governments. Um, so, you know, we live in hope. <laughs> we'll see what happens. And if listeners want to find out more or get in contact with 1.5 Degrees Live, where should they go? Uh, Instagram, on Instagram, 1.5 Degrees Live. Uh, Twitter, we're on uh, our website, which isn't that up to date. But the Instagram, it is up to date when we like do stuff, but the Instagram is probably the best way and you can message us there. Uh, uh, yeah, that's, yeah, all the general socials, best way to get in contact. And all of those addresses, the Instagram, the Twitter, and the um, website will all be in the show notes for the right. podcast. And anything else you wish to send it to us, we will happily put those on as well. Right. And with that, your read at the Parliament there, uh, just the recent ones. And it was, it was a very difficult read. The enthusiasm of everyone at the start of the read, and then you could feel it slightly drift as the more and more information came out. But I thought it was a very interesting point you'd said about the fact that this can be a depressing read to read by yourself, but to read it with everyone else who's also campaigning, that's also working, um, will add that inspiration for you. And it will stop you get, getting too downhearted, which I think is a big risk whenever you look at this big problem. And I thought it was a very good thing that you did to try and sort of help people go, look, we're all in this together. It will be downhearted, but look at people around you and look at the support around you that can give you that sort of uh, support and urge to continue that fight. I thought it was very well done. Thank you. Thanks. And also, thank you very much for doing this. Very much appreciated. Um, thank you very much. That was absolutely fantastic. And I'd just like to say thank you to Patrick and Kitty from 1.5 Degrees for doing that. Um, thank you everyone for all of your questions and for like, yeah, yeah, being interested and involved and good luck with your like podcast and your course and stuff and look forward to listening to you doing radical stuff in the next wee while. <laughs> Thank you very much indeed. Great. Bye. Thank you. Thanks everyone. Good night everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.